0: Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and healthy today. Uh, I want to welcome you back to our uh, ongoing series in our Customer Loyalty Thought Leadership Series. In this series, we talk to the brand leaders that are on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty about what they're seeing, what they're hearing, what they're doing to uh, promote customer centricity, but most importantly, customer loyalty within their organizations. Uh, Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Andy Revin, who's the Vice President of digital for El Polio Loco, uh, in which they offer a, kind of a, a unique uh, cadre of uh, uh, chicken-based grilled uh, options, right? and uh, they have over 480 locations across the U.S., so looking forward to the discussion. Andy, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks, Mark, for having me on today. Really glad to be here with you. Absolutely, and thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, first off, for those who may not know uh, about El Polio Loco, can you give us a little bit of uh, information about the brand, what you guys do, how you do it? It would be great to know that.
1: You plan to see it, I think, very, very well. We're a L.A. Max fast casual chain. Uh, headquarters are based in uh, Southern California and Costa Mesa. And uh, we have 483 restaurants in six states, uh, California, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, Texas, and one lone ranger in Louisiana. And, uh, you know, we call our food Mexican, LA Mex type based cuisine, uh, known for our fire grilled chicken. Uh, it's a 55 minute cook process. It's delicious. And uh, next time you're
0: out in uh, LA, I'll play a look go on me. Oh, sounds like a plan. I always look uh some healthy uh, kind of chicken based products. I'm always interested. I in said that I'll so that, that, take you up on that for sure. Can, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your role with the organization and kind of you know, what you do?
1: Yeah, so I'm the vice president of digital at El Pollo Loco. Um, I've been in this role for about a year. Um, Prior to this, I was at McDonald's for six years, and before that, I was at Ford Motor Company for five years, so a variety of uh, consumer marketing, product marketing, field marketing roles, Uh, and in this role at El Pollo Loco, I handle pretty much everything digital, so our loyalty program, uh, Loco Rewards, which has been in existence for about three and a half years. Uh, Our off-premise delivery model, um, which essentially we have partnerships with our four uh, major delivery providers in the U.S., DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, and Postmates. And then last but not least, uh, handle pretty much everything from an e-commerce and social media perspective.
0: Okay. A quick follow-up question on that. Uh, you said you have relationships with all four. Well, what's the r- rationale reasoning behind kind of all four? Not, not having geographic distribution or there's some benefits to others or you know, why work with all four of them? Just out of curiosity.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, for one, uh, there's varying commission rates amongst the four. And so obviously with commission, you know, it's, it's, it's a different type of situation based right. off of each of those individual providers. And then the the second thing is it really enables your brand to cast a wider net, um, which essentially uh, people are pretty agnostic relative to these off-premise delivery provider solutions. So typically if you see a customer, they typically stay with one or two different programs. So uh, by offering uh, El Pollo Loco on the four different platforms, it enables us to kind of cast that wider net and uh, speak to the different consumers in the
0: different places. So, you're, you're kind of leveraging their brand affinity that they may have, right? Obviously, you want to increase your brand loyalty, brand affinity, kind of the opportunity. And if someone has a propensity to use a DoorDash or Uber Eats more frequently, they're kind of, you want to make sure that you're being able to get in front of those eyeballs in all situations. You nailed it uh,
1: spot on. And I think, you know, one of the obvious and interesting things too is, and you mentioned this earlier, is, you know, you kind of have different geographic distribution as well. And so we're aware of the fact that, you know, in Southern California specifically, uh, DoorDash is is really the industry share leader. So for us, DoorDash is our strongest. And then uh, depending on uh, where uh, the customers are, there's there's differing variety of share um, based off of different cities in, in, in
0: California and the other places we do business. Okay, great. Um, customer loyalty. Uh, it's Something we love to ask uh, the people we interview, what it means to them, how they define it. And obviously, I think with your unique background, uh, being at Ford and, and, and being at McDonald's and now where you are today, can you define that for us? We'd love to hear that. And, you know, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to Empolio Loco and uh, in, in you as well? For me specifically, it's,
1: it's giving the uh, customer an ability to really have an emotional connection with the brand. And I think, you know, we're in a space that's highly competitive. Um, What's interesting about both McDonald's and El Pollo Loco is you're essentially fighting for share of wallet. It's a decision that consumers have to make on a daily basis what they want to eat. And I think, you know, given that there's so much healthy competition out there, being able to be top of mind as part of that consideration set is of the utmost importance to me. And obviously... By loyalty, we mean, you know, engaging in our emails, engaging in our digital content, our digital presence, transacting with us on a regular basis. You know, one of the fascinating things with my transition from, uh, you know, Ford to McDonald's is Ford is one of those companies where you buy a car, you know, every three, five, 10 years. It's one of the biggest purchases you're going to make in your life. And so it's a really long decision. Whereas McDonald's and El Pollo Loco, it's one of those things where sometimes people will decide, you know, the night before they're doing a big catering meal and might be a week before, but essentially the cost of entry and the price point is a lot more competitive because it's a, it's very spur of the moment. It's very reactional in nature. And so loyalty to me is really having that emotional connection with the consumer and the ability to transact and engage
0: with them on multiple levels. Okay, so local rewards, uh, been around for about three and a half years, uh, you guys have made some recent enhancements to it, can you tell us about how the program works, uh, kind of some changes, enhancements you have of the program, and, and kind of what you think of the program?
1: So a couple of things, so first off, uh, we made some enhancements relative to the sign-up offer, so uh, essentially the sign-up offer, uh, which was more or less a sign-up offer for the last year and a half, you originally got a free original bowl after your first purchase, um you know one of the things we we realized was this was something that customers were signing up for but lots of times you know they weren't finishing they weren't essentially getting that reward uh, making that first purchase so they were essentially interested in the fact that they wanted to join the program but not ultimately completing that purchase to get that reward so what we decided to do was change the immediacy function of that reward so we gave Customers now a free chips and guac immediately upon sign up. It doesn't require purchase and it's something that gets to them immediately. We're seeing a much higher conversion rate of that uh, new sign up offer, which is great. Uh, the second big thing we did is we changed the, uh, the rewards uh, currency relative to how much it takes to get a reward. And so initially we had you spend $100, you get a $10 reward. And now it's, you spend $50, you get a $5 reward. So based off of looking at the customer purchase history and customer purchase data, we realized that it was taking customers quite a long time uh, to get a reward. And one of the things we wanted to do is increase that immediacy, increase that frequency. And we're now proud to say we have the fastest cash rewards program uh, in the industry, which is uh, pretty, pretty uh, impressive because essentially the consumers were telling us they wanted to be able to earn rewards quicker. Uh, at a better conversion rate, and we were able to do that.
0: Okay. And, and when you look at the industry, how, how do you uh, kind of substantiate that you have the fastest kind of uh, conversion rate there? Uh, do you look at other kind of, do you survey all of the restaurants or kind of where? So we that?
1: looked at the top 200 restaurant chains according to NRN. And, uh, you know, obviously working closely with my, my partners in legal, we were able to substantiate that claim, um, you know, with our, with our fastest cash reward earn in in the program.
0: Okay, great. So what are some of your goals for the, the customer loyalty program going forward? Uh, you know, how are you measuring defining success? How do, you, how do you look at the competitive landscape? You know, wh- where do you see the program going forward? You
1: know, first, obviously, this isn't, this isn't a, you know, self-journey. Self we have an incredible team at El Pollo Loco. And so uh, first things first is uh, we, we work collaboratively. So I have a partner in IT, I have a partner in operations, finance, training, I mean, we want to cast a wider net with this program and obviously make it profitable uh, for our company and obviously make it engaging and exciting for our consumers moving forward. And so for us, you know, obviously there's a couple big things that we like to focus on. Number one is acquisition. Um, you know, it's a very competitive space, like I spoke about earlier. And for me, uh, it's it's definitely important, um, you know, to make sure that we differentiate ourselves and working closely with my partners at the agency and internally. Uh, we need to make sure that customers take us uh, as being serious players, top of mind, etc. So, number one, I would say is acquisition. Uh, number two is increasing the participation rate. So. Uh, to us, participation is, uh, is uh, defined as total loyalty transactions divided by total transactions in the business. And so for us right now, our participation rate is anywhere between 10 to 12%. Uh, we're looking to get that up in the 15 to 20% range uh, you see a lot of QSRs that, uh, you know, have high amounts just based off of the the type of occasion. Typically, like coffee chains, beverage chains have much higher participation rate. Um, I'd say we're, we're in line right now with the industry standard, but we're looking to increase that. And then last but not least is obviously continuing to adapt our model to uh, really be customer forward, customer centric, and so um, there's lots of terms thrown around where people get oos and ahs. and you know we're we're starting to experiment with AI with our loyalty program, really trying to use machines and data to really define how we think customers are going to redeem different offers. Obviously, continuing to modernize the experience, making sure it's easy for our consumers to utilize. And ultimately, you know, we want to deliver for our restaurants. So to me, uh, if a crew member or a restaurant employee uh, is able to explain the app with ease and able to interact with the customer without having any issues or providing any operational difficulties, to me, that's success.
0: Okay, great. So what what's the biggest challenge you face as a senior level marketer today uh, with uh, kind of the digital uh, properties you manage, uh, and, and do you see that uh, kind of challenge that change a little bit coming through COVID, and do you see it changes going forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the biggest challenge is just maintaining relevancy and making sure you're you're top of mind. I think there's lots and lots of competition in digital, and I think every single week you're seeing a different restaurant chain come out with something innovative, and obviously, you want to be able to make noise in the space, but do it in a way that's not. You know, causing havoc, causing stress at the restaurant level, and making sure that everybody kind of buys into the ultimate result and strategy. So, for me as a marketer, it's obviously just making sure we're consistent with our strategy. Um, you know, being confident in our ability to execute, and uh, just making sure we're continuously staying top of mind and top of relevancy. Uh, you know, there's so much noise in the space right now. It's 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 very hyper competitive. Whether it be free delivery or double points or a certain. Offer on a specific product. I think you're always seeing restaurants trying to, uh, you know, be top of mind to the consumers.
0: Were there, were there, are, were there, are there any challenges with regard to kind of selling that into the, the franchisee network? Uh, especially when you make changes, right, because the, the most important thing for the franchisee or franchisor is that they want to make sure they're knocking it out of the park, right, from a customer service delivery perspective. They don't necessarily want to market the program, right? They, uh, they obviously want the employees to be bought in, but, you know, were there any challenges with regard or are, are, are you know, the franchisees, are, are they bought in, in into the program?
1: We have a great franchisee network at El Pollo Local. We're very lucky. uh, Regularly consult with this group, whether it be we have new ideas, we have new offers we want to try. They're a very active part of the process. And so for us, making sure that they have a seat at the table to make sure we're staying relevant, making sure it's easy for the restaurants. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's there's obviously times where we do certain offers or we want to do things and it, it causes a little stress at the restaurant level, but we learn and we fail quickly and we adapt and uh, that's one of the things I'd say very, very proud of because when we make uh, missteps, we, we correct it, we rectify it quickly, and then we move forward.
0: Okay. What about corporate social responsibility? Is that something that's a, a big push or a big area of interest for your restaurant? I know it's becoming more and more prevalent in the service, hospitality, restaurant uh, kind of environment, QSR, fast casual. How are you looking at corporate social responsibility and kind of what does that mean to your organization?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple different um, layers to that question. So number one, uh, from a corporate responsibility standpoint, I think for us, it's obviously being active and engaged in the communities in which we do business. Um, we have a, we have an event right now for Hispanic Heritage Month called uh, EPL Grants, and essentially what we've done is we've uh, we've donated hundred thousand uh, dollars to a UFundMe or sorry a GoFundMe uh, webpage. And uh, it's really trying to help the Latinx communities uh, in, the, in the places that we do business to really help them through the pandemic. Obviously, they're one of the hardest hit groups. Uh, we've partnered with a group called We Are Latina. And it's, a, it's essentially an opportunity for us to say, we care. We want to help these businesses who are struggling immensely during the pandemic. And it gives our consumers and our customers an opportunity to donate as well. So like I said, it's uh, GoFundMe.com backslash EPL Grants. And uh, it's 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 very impactful. Um, it's it's just a great way for us uh, to continue the message that we we always evoke from our our brand and our creative standpoint to just be relevant in the community that we do business. Um, I think the other big thing is obviously um, you know making sure that uh, our employees are are recognized given the the, the current times that we're in. Um, so we have a um, we have an award that goes out on a regular basis. It's it's honestly a, a weekly. award award. It's called uh, Pollo Hero Award and essentially we've done that throughout the pandemic and it's something that is very, very uh, highly regarded within the organization and it's something that we make sure our employees feel um, that they're appreciated. It's something that the CEO personally responds to that individual. Uh, You kind of see it. It's like one of the highlights of every single week um, for me and uh, it really gives an opportunity for people who we know work tirelessly every single day to shine um,
0: in our organization. That's awesome. When you look at uh, kind of personalization, obviously uh, very important. Uh, You talked about how uber-competitive it is right now uh, within uh, kind of the QSR, fast, casual arena. Uh, COVID has changed uh, the kind of environment uh, significantly for a number of people. So when you look at personalization, what does personalization mean to you and and kind of your digital strategies and engagement uh, uh, applications that you have?
1: personalization is extremely important. And I'll tell you, um, you know, about a year ago, we as a brand did not have uh, the degree of personalization that should have been necessary for us to kind of move forward with the business. So, you know, obviously partnering closely with my uh, my partners in IT and operations, this was something that we really, really took a deep dive into, uh, made sure that we were doing things that weren't mass offers anymore. So really highly segmented Uh, Our segments are anywhere from family to value to frequency of visit uh, to transacting mode. So like if they came in the drive-through, if it was front counter, if it was a mobile order, um, really making sure that we are speaking to that customer and really understanding how they're transacting with our brand, what their behaviors are, uh, what success looks like. Do they have a 90, 180, 365-day lapse rate? Um, So for us again, really looking at email open rates, really understanding if they're converting on the offers that we're serving them and really trying to make sure that we're speaking to them and their purchase habits as a consumer. Um, Before I would say that the program went through a a period where it was very highly focused on discounting uh, and now we're really focused on profitable transactions, engaging transactions and making sure our consumers are coming in more frequently.
0: Okay. When you look at uh, the communication you just kind of talked about, obviously coming out of uh, personalization, digital strategies, the app, the loyalty program, you know, how are you managing these disparate communications based on some of the segmentation work that you've done looking at uh, kind of engaging profitable customers, but also you know realizing that you may have to do things a little differently, right? Kind of how you package things up, kind of comfort level with customers. How how do you kind of manage some of the communications uh, in light of uh, kind of the, the rapid disruption we're seeing today? I
1: think it's obviously being consistent and listening to the customers. Uh, You know, one of the things we did as a brand is we called our top 50 50 customers in our loyalty database and really tried to understand what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, where we may need to pivot. And uh, you know, when you, you keep your ear to the ground and really listen to your consumers, you're really able to adapt quite rapidly. Um, It's, it's funny. I think sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll sit in a restaurant or you'll look at the data and it'll give you some sort of guidance relative to where you think you should go as a brand. But I think ultimately, you know, really trying to understand your consumer and where their head is at with your brand is very important. And, you know, early on during COVID, a couple of the things we heard is, you know, we want El Pollo Loco to be available via curbside. Uh, we want to have a contactless option. Very similar to see, seeing what a lot of the other restaurant chains are doing. You know, we were able to accelerate very quickly as a team. Uh, we just, today is officially our, our national media launch for curbside pickup. Um, we were able to effectively get curbside out in about six weeks. So again, finance, operations, IT training, entire departments just really, really partnering together very well to get that delivered very fast. We had a six week pilot, 21 restaurants, and then ultimately uh, we're able to get all restaurants in our system where about 95% of our system is launched at this point with uh, curbside pickup.
0: Okay. What do you think, uh, well, congratulations on getting that launched. on. I know that's been uh, a big challenge for a lot of our members. We meet probably two to four times a month with brands, uh, kind of all over restaurant retail, and they bring up different topics It allows uh, kind of the groups to kind of, con- uh, you know, converse. And but that, that's a big thing is how do you make some of those changes, right? Some things that like a vitamin shop did and uh, famous footwear and others. So it's great to hear that you were able to uh, make that transition so rapidly as well. That's great. Thank you. What what do you think the next big thing for customer experience or customer loyalty is?
1: Uh, I think I kind of planted the seed a little bit earlier, but I think artificial intelligence. I mean, you, you hear about it in so many other industries. Think about the way you as a consumer interact with some of the bigger brands today, like Netflix or Amazon, and think about the fact that sometimes your next Netflix show or movie that you watch is something that wasn't even recommended by a human. It's based off of machine learning. It's based off of the way that they think you will like a certain uh, you know, TV show or movie. And same thing goes with Amazon. Based off of your purchase history, uh, their algorithm is able to recommend, are you going to buy this or are you going to buy that? For, for us as a brand and for El Pollo Loco, I think it's really tapping into that machine learning and understanding of how much discount should you provide to a consumer? How many offers should you provide them? How Long is that offer valid for in terms of frequency? Uh, What do you think their customer lifetime value is? What is the expected churn of that customer? So again, lots of times you can look, you can do this with an Excel file as a human being. It takes lots and lots of iterations, I think, to get it right. But if you're able to pour massive amounts of data into a machine and have them spit out, you know, what the specific recommendation is, I think, you know, I think it's something that brands are going to have to adopt and adopt quickly if they want to be a part of the conversation.
0: Okay. You kind of touched on a little bit. Obviously, there's more data than ever before. First party, zero party, third party changes. And you're at the kind of the fulcrum of of some of the the privacy discussions uh, with CCPA and others. Um, You know, how do you kind of address uh, the the disparate challenges you're seeing around data, right? To create some simplicity, uh, to create actionability, uh, you know, as there's more and more data, you need more AI and ML type tools that, you know, how are you looking at kind of the, the bigger picture data discussion?
1: Yeah, you know, obviously, you mentioned CCPA and as a brand, we're we're obviously CCPA compliant being in California. You know we get quite a few of those requests each week to have uh, you know data and or information deleted, and we realize it's a part of doing business moving forward. Um, I would just say that you know within our our realm of of our loyalty provider, we use Punch. Uh, They also are very compliant with uh, CCPA um, to the utmost standards. And for us, it's, you know, making sure that the data and the information stays within uh, the realm of our our purview and our scope and making sure that we use it responsibly and making sure ultimately, you know, it it benefits the consumer at the end of the day. We're really, we're really, really trying to, you know, make sure we do right by the consumer and making sure that, you know, whether it be contact them how often they want to be contacted or serving them the offers like I said earlier that we want them to receive ultimately you know it's it's the balls in the consumer's court
0: okay and when you look at uh, zero party data are you guys doing anything with uh, zero party data survey data kind of to help personalization efforts that's something that you guys have kind of started to look at
1: yeah we do and we do that survey data through our app um, you know punch offers a service uh, it's it's through type form and essentially we're able to survey our loyalty members on a fairly uh, regular basis lots of times when we come out with uh, newer products and or we're, we're testing something we have the ability to get the data and decide whether or not we want to uh, you know go forward with a product recommendation that uh, we think our consumers want or whether it be the loyalty program and there's opportunities with um, you know, the point conversion or the offer received, you know, we look and analyze this all the time because ultimately we know, uh, you know, we, we live and die by the consumer at the end of the day.
0: Okay, great. Um, last question, had you heard of uh loyalty 360 before we uh, reached out to you? I've seen articles published
1: before. Uh, I can say specifically I'm, 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 uh, you know, very knowledgeable about the company, but I am familiar with the brand. Okay. Uh, I have seen articles pop up on LinkedIn and various other sources previously.
0: All right. Well, the last question kind of follow up to that: What can we do for you? You know, as a trade association with the industry, uh, with with members, both on the, the technology side and the brand side, and what can we do to help you with your journey?
1: I think you know, it's continuing to challenge brands to bring their best self to. Uh, to to the table every single day. And I think the beauty, and I I noticed this as I was kind of uh, exploring your website a little bit more is I love the ability to leverage uh, learnings from other industries. And I think, you know, one of the things that I sometimes fall privy to or we fall privy to as an organization is we're simply focused on, on restaurants. And we, we look at the restaurant space and we're like, okay, you know, it's McDonald's that's doing it well. It's Starbucks, it's Chipotle. You know, you continue to compare yourself to brands in the restaurant space where I think lots of times uh, you have the ability to look at other companies, whether it be in the travel industry or whether it be in retail. And you can really get a lot of interesting factoids to really apply uh, to your program at the end of the day. And I think that's something that's that's fascinating, super cool. And we just need to do a better job of doing that.
0: Are are you do belong to any other kind of trade associations or kind of kind of uh, marketing groups that uh, that you work with?
1: Me personally, no. Uh, I would consider myself though a loyalty juggernaut. I am very, very fascinated by the space. I would say, uh, travel is my is my biggest uh, <laughs> biggest area where I say I, I spend a lot of time. I follow one mile at a time and the points guy, and uh, really look to them to be my uh, you know informant relative to what's happening promotion wise, personalization wise, uh, best practices, etc probably something that I need to uh, you know, be more involved with. There's, there's other things, uh, you know, other areas that I look to for inspiration. I have my, uh, my grad school network. I went to Kellogg and uh, they're constantly at the cutting edge of, of marketing or finance or operations and they're always willing to give their opinion and, and provide information from where they're working. So again, um, you know, always just keep my eyes open and, and ears open.
0: Well, that's great. Well, Andy, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been uh, very informative and I look forward to hearing more from uh, you and your team uh, throughout the next year. Thanks.
1: Great to be on the show. Thank you.
0: Perfect.